Imagine I'm an SDR talking to you right now. I've, I've been trained. I'm, I'm driving volume. I finally got you on the phone. And then what? You pissed me off and I did some jujitsu on your ass. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, everybody, to this week's RevOps podcast. I'm Alistair Wilcock, joined here with Howard Brown. Hey. Howard, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? I am not bad at all. We are here in the first week of August, and what a start it has been, right? Let's just talk some big things out of the box. It might be uh, the jobs report to come out. We've seen more in terms of some of the layoffs announcements with Oracle and several others out there in the space. Where's your head at? You're CEO, founder, three-time builder of companies. What are you thinking right now? I'm thinking it's a lot of mixed news all over the place and people are getting more and more confused, right? So we're seeing record numbers of, of jobs at the same time. We're seeing layoffs all over the place. So if you're an average employee, you're looking at it, worried that you're going to lose your job, but also there's a lot of great opportunities out there for you and the recruiters got to be as happy as ever, right? Because they, they see, hey, losing jobs, great. We'll fill those jobs right away and earn our fees. So um, look, it's always about finding and retaining great talent. The, the best companies in good times as well as bad times are able to find the best people and are able to retain them and hopefully build really incredible teams and are able to be hyper productive. And that's what we have to do in a downturn in the economy. We have to be more productive, more efficient, and we have to work better as teams than we ever have before. Well, I think, I think you're hitting on such a key thing. And I know we've had this theme a couple of times now on our podcast, but I think it's worth us diving in again today of you know, how are we selling in this downturn? And Yo, you know, I'm a data guy, it's, you know, guilty as charged on that side. And I think we go pretty heavy sometimes on a lot of the data that's out there. Sure. But wait, wait, I just want to interrupt for a sec because I want to make sure that we're able to create a podcast and have a podcast that's relatable. And this is a RevOps podcast. There's salespeople, there's sales leaders, there's sales operations folks. There's SDRs. We have a wide array in our audience. And look, I, I recently got a phenomenal email, a LinkedIn email from Andrew. And Andrew commented that, hey, you guys are throwing out a lot of jargon, a lot of metrics. Let's make it easier for the common guy or gal to understand. So if we do use these data approaches, which absolutely, you know I'm the data guy, I'm the revenue science guy, 100%. But let's make sure we give that some, some context, some definition. I love it. Yeah, thanks, Andrew. Absolutely. So let's start with an SDR, Howard. How do I improve what is said, how it's said, and how we're engaging in the conversation? Because my poor old SDRs just got on the phone. They're scared stupid of getting on the phone because they don't do it that often, right? They dial 200 people on a day. They get eight on the line and then they're going through their, their script, but nobody likes to be read a script. They want, they want feedback again of, again, what's happening, what isn't happening on the call. And I, I would just love to double click like Howard in setting that up and actually implementing and making things like that happen. How easy is it? How hard is it to improve the productiveness 
of an SDR and arguably a rep, but we'll come to the reps later. We opened up with, you know, people are losing their job. They're jumping from job to job. Think about the sales rep. The sales rep now has found a new job at an organization. Could be a very different product, could be a different industry. Now, what happens? What happens is they get training and maybe it's two weeks. Maybe it's three weeks training. They get ride-alongs. They get to spend some time listening or learning, but then they're immediately thrown on the phone. They're immediately given emails and engagement tools and told, go set some meetings. They have hardly been there a month. They have no idea what's going on in the specific industry because they've just jumped industries. They may not even understand how the tool works or service. And then they're thrown in with people who are researching on the internet, your products, your services. They understand their business problem. And this poor new SDR who just jumped jobs is now expected to, to deliver value, to be able to understand their business problem, and to be able to identify a solution which is their solution that matches the problem. That is unfair. It is unfair the situation that we put our sales reps and our SDRs in every day. And with the economy changing and people getting laid off and people moving into new roles, we expect them to ramp ever faster, to hit those revenue numbers more than ever before. Within days, months, weeks, whatever it is, it's irrational. How do we improve it, Alistair? The economy's changing, people are jumping jobs. What do we need to do? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question on that. And when you think about improving that experience for the rep, I'm going to boil it down to four things. One, how do you rapidly help that salesperson have a prescriptive approach to how they sell? Okay, so what does prescriptive mean? Prescriptive is they need to be able to provide their buyer, the person they are selling to, clear, simple suggestions. At the most basic level, it's that. Number two, how are we training them on helping them engage? Engagement is really critical, right? And it is going to happen across multiple channels. Voice is by and far the most dominant, accounting for almost two thirds. Then we sit across email and social, but helping them have an engagement plan is the next most critical thing, knowing that they need to be trained on what to say. Then we look at it and go, how are we helping them in terms of number three, guiding buyers? Really good reps tend to ramp a lot faster when they know how to guide a buyer, not just flog a product, right? And are we giving them then the right assets they need to guide the buyer? You know, are we talking security of our product? Are we talking implementation? Are we you know, tying all of those appropriate things in that they need? And then fourth, and I would argue most important, vision casting. Reps need to know how to vision cast. And vision casting isn't just, Howard, let me tell you about the art of the possible. No, vision casting is all about taking a critical view of a problem the buyer has. So are you listening to what your reps are saying? And are you helping them learn how to solve a problem for a buyer? 
and in coordinating around that. So prescriptive approach, engagement, guiding buyers, and vision casting. If you nail that down, you can really wrap somebody very well and you'll, you'll turn them into a good seller that isn't just reading off a competitive battle card and talking through feature function. So there's great news. It's great news for those reps who are moving from one job to another. But what you just described doesn't sound like it's all that simple and all that straightforward. And I just don't know how many organizations are investing that time and energy to, to, to get reps to that point, right? And how long does that take? And where do I start, right? Because that is a, what you just described is not what the typical organization does in training their reps. Like if you think about one of the things you'll always hear specifically for an SDR is they should lead with thought provoking insight, right? So that's something we could teach them. What is the thought provoking insight that they are providing to their prospects so that they can engage, right? Because if you're just calling me and you're selling me something, I don't want to hear you, right? So you have to provide some thought provoking insight. Most organizations can probably do that within marketing, within their own customer base. There is some insight. So we need to make sure that we arm them with that because modern day buyers, if you don't have something of value, they don't want to talk to you. They'll go online and find out. So give them something to engage with. Then how do you teach your typical sales rep or SDR to ask thought provoking questions, right? Because at the end of the day, your job as a seller is to communicate, is to build trust, is to understand and then drive that vision, right? So there, it's not that complicated to work with sales reps or SDRs to develop thought-provoking questions, thought-provoking insight. But what happens a lot of time is rather than going down that route, we're going to just train them on the product. It's all about our product, every feature, every single bell and whistle on our product. We need to change that and find out how and what works in the current engagements. What, what is working? And let's model after that. Yeah. Let's role play this, Howard, if you don't mind. Absolutely. Let's go. And, and let's do a bad scenario first, right? So, but, but, but it almost sounds good. All right. I, I, get to, I get to be the buyer. You're the seller. All right. Okay. Come on. I'm going to put so, you on the spot. So imagine we just got on the phone and, and let's just talk about something that's thought provoking. So let's give the audience an example of that, right? So I'm talking to you, Howard, this is Alistair here. You know, did you know, like right now, our research has shown that for heads of sales like you, there's 72.4% right now want to improve pipeline creation in light of the economic downturn. Yeah, my question is, why is it only 72%? What's wrong with the other guys? It's thought-provoking. Thought-provoking, absolutely. But then, then, yeah. then the follow-up is, you know, also reps use stats like that all the time, right? They'll, they'll throw a number out, is my point. And then the buyer is left going, okay, and? Okay, so, so are you, I guess you're phoning me about improving my pipeline? Mm -hmm. is, that, is that what it is? Well, I'm, I'm the head of sales. Why don't you go talk to my demand gen team and the CMO? Why are you calling me? Mm -hmm. 
right? So, so immediately the wrong, the wrong thing has been presented, right? You can't just throw out a number without the context of the situation of who you're speaking with. 100%. So let's, let's flip it now. And now, now Howard, I'll, I'll play the inverse. You go the other way. And let's ask it where you're going to, you're going to flush out my situation. You're going to flush out and ask me some questions from that. I'm going to, and, and for the audience. Wait a minute. Did you just try and flip it and make I, me the seller? And I'm going to put Howard on the spot here, folks, because Howard has an entire clinical background in psychology of changing people's behaviors and attributes. So I think it's only fair that we put him on the spot to source out my situation that I'm in as a buyer. Hmm. Interesting. Howard, you up for it? I'm, I'm always up for it. So let's assume you downloaded something from my website, right? Yes. I just downloaded an ebook on the economic downturn for an impact on sales, something like that. Absolutely. So I'm now calling you ring, ring, ring. I get you on the phone. Hey, Alistair, Howard Brown, revenue.io. I see you downloaded a white paper on the downturn and how it's going to impact sales. Is it impacting you or are you just interested in how it's impacting everybody else? Uh, uh, hey, Howard, you're catching me a little off guard. I actually just grabbed that just in the last couple of minutes. So I haven't actually had a chance to look at it right now. However, um, yeah, I'm, I'm a little concerned. We aren't seeing that yet, but mm. I certainly think it's coming in the market. Well, you, you want to back up. You said something really interesting. You just downloaded it. You haven't had a chance to look at it. You have a sales team, right? I do. Now, when, when, when a prospect comes to your site and downloads a white paper, how long does it take your team to get in touch with that prospect? Uh, you know, I got no, no idea, but I have to tell you that I've been harping on my team to look at AHTs, average handle times for a long time, but I, I couldn't even tell you. Well, let me tell you something. This wasn't the first time you came to our website and downloaded something. And as a matter of fact, last week, when we saw that you could be a potential prospect, I had my team go to your website and fill out a form. And it's been three days and we've yet to hear back from them. So I guess we could say that Quick response time is something that you should be should be focused on, whether this is an economic downturn or not, right? It is. Yeah, absolutely. Let Howard, let's pause there. <laughs> I'll pause there before we role play this all the way through a sales call for everybody. Okay, so role play over. Yeah. Let, let's just summarize what we did there, right? So we we the, the key thing here is... You pissed me off and I did some jujitsu on your ass. Well, I, what I want people to take away is situational awareness is so key here, right? So that rep in this scenario was you. You were given context of what I did as a buyer. Mm -hmm. And then on the call, you would have been in the conversation supported with additional insight based upon the dialogue, right? Mm -hmm. So certain things happening, you've downloaded... I've downloaded the book. I haven't looked at it. Mm -hmm. So as I just, because the system would hear, I haven't, I haven't, I haven't heard this. So now it's actually, you're going to have the help to go with, well, they didn't read it. Here's another line of questioning and help there. And, and thinking about that, helping SDRs, helping AEs and AMs in terms of those moments is really critical, right? You got to get them understanding the situation and pivot correctly. It can't just be 
I'm calling you about the ebook. And that's the only thing I can talk to you about now, right? We got to shift off of that. A typical rep is not prepared, right? And what I'm trying to show is you can do a little jujitsu or judo, right? I guess it's judo on, on that buyer. Yeah, setting the rep up for success before the phone call is key, right? Totally. That's it. So, Just tell them like a little bit more about what's going on, arming them with the appropriate assets that come in. That's the that's the guiding the buyer that we spoke of across our four things, right? It's it's really big. So should we redo the that that buying experience now? Because now I'd take it down a different road. Let's do it. So. Yeah, so go ahead. Hey, Howard, this is Alistair Wilcock here. How are you doing today? I noticed that you downloaded uh, an ebook that we have on the economic downturn. I did, and I, I got about one page into that ebook, and it's really interesting. Um, but to be honest, I just downloaded it, and I haven't had much time to get through it. How can I help you today? No trouble. Well, people that have been downloading that, your peers, I've noticed are really focusing in on some of the ramp time of new hires they're bringing into their business. Did, did you get to that piece so far? It was on around page three. I haven't got to that piece, but I'll tell you, it's a real problem for us because retaining reps right now is really hard. So yeah, I don't want to be hiring a bunch of new reps, but unfortunately there is some attrition and we have to ramp reps and it takes too long. And, and that's a real problem for us. And I think it's probably a problem for everybody is what you're probably what's in your report, but I don't want to get too far ahead. Yeah, it is. Now, now, Howard, I, I'm funny impromptu. I know I don't want to take too much of your time here. So here's what we can do. I'm glad you like that area. Can I meet with somebody on your team? Do you mind sponsoring? And we have a calculator that will work it down to the CAC numbers and the RAM time numbers down to the dollar amount of change for you. Take me about 15 minutes to model that through with somebody. Who do you recommend that I can connect with? So the cat, you're saying that you can model out the cost of acquisition all the way through to the rep ramp time. And, and can you help improve that? Or is it, you're just doing this to, is this part of research you're doing? What are you doing here? We, we do do it. We've typically seen about a 30% improvement overall for people that we do this for in both in terms of reduction in rep ramp time and in terms of seller effectiveness. I see. So, so you're looking for our baseline because what you provide can actually help improve that by 30%. Is that, that right? 30%? Yeah. On the low side. On the low side. Absolutely. I think you should get in touch with my head of uh, sales enablement and his name is whoever XYZ and thank you for the call. Great, Howard. I'm going to reference that back, drop you in on the joint email with them, uh, just CC so they know. And then I'll get back with you. We'll schedule it in two weeks out and we'll review the results today if you like. Perfect. So I, I liked what you did there a lot, right? You, you definitely you, intrigue the problem. You know, the, the, you're going to be helpful by looking at my ramp time. And then... And maybe that was the piece that I was sort of leading the witness. You guys can help improve that, right? That's right. Which is, which is awesome. So what am I supposed to take away from this conversation? That you, a qualified, seasoned salesperson, can deal with the objection of 
hey, I haven't read your thing yet. And I understand that, and that's awesome. But how do I get your average rep, average new rep, who just got this job to that point? So that when somebody gets on the phone and they race to call them, that they're able and equipped to deal with that situation. I'm going to break it down into a few basic things again. Okay. This for the audience. Okay. So if you're listening, grab your pen. Here's the list moment. Number one. One of the best ways to drive conversion for any sales function is active listening. That's the first thing. Teach and help people to be great listeners with it. Number two, open-ended questions. So if anybody ever gets stuck on a call, asking an open-ended question is a great way for them to actually pause, get the buyer talking, and then allow them to do more what? Active listening. Then number three, give them basic context of the industry they're phoning into. This is where a lot of people get in trouble. They go, well, our, our solution's horizontal. So why do I need to do that? Because the buyer's, buyer's situation isn't horizontal. The buyer in different industries, they need to know. So give them at least a, give them a nugget of something to work with of the industry that they're talking to, finance, healthcare, et cetera, right? Of that piece. And, and then, you know, finally of that, the problem, the problem, problem, get to a agreement on a singular problem. Mm. That's it. Don't worry about selling what it is. And even in that role play we did, and granted, we made it up on the fly for everybody. So it's a little rough, but you know, we didn't get into a lot of feature function talk there, right? We didn't like say we're XYZ company. We simply said, we both agreed on this problem. Okay. We got a way of solving that. We do think there's a benefit to it but we actually never got into the how. And that's really key because most people don't want that on the initial no. call anyway. No. So if you just do those things, they they will increase their conversion. So if anybody out there is looking for a uh, top level SDR, Alistair is 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 both available and, and, and clearly can get the job. Call me anytime. Can get the job done. I will dial away. Yeah. So... <laughs> Again, you know, just sort of going back to the top of, of, of the program, we talked about the economic backdrop that we're all dealing with, right? And I think that it is really challenging for most salespeople to enter a new job. And obviously, most companies today are dealing with attrition. They have layoffs. There's all kinds of movement happening everywhere making sure that our SDR team is trained in some of the absolute basic communication techniques. And again, it's demonstrate unique insight, listen, connect with your prospect, provide them the vision of where they can go. Like all of these things, they may sound like they're super difficult, but each company, you can look within your own organization, you can listen to your own conversations, you can evaluate what has worked and what hasn't worked. I mean, most organizations today either have a conversation intelligence tool or, or at least listening to recordings of some sort. This information is available within your organization. It's just, you got to go get it. You got to use what you have. And I think a lot of people forget that. It's like sometimes success 
is right in front of your face. It's right there. You have a bunch of SDRs that are performing well. Now, they don't have time to train your reps. So this is where tools like conversation intelligence, sales engagement platforms, real-time applications are available to really help your reps get up to speed quickly. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more, Howard. I think that's it's going to be the material difference among sales organizations as we go through this economic downturn. Those that focus very heavily on customer engagement will do better. Those that understand how to leverage data from across sales, marketing, CS organizations and train them there because we're using the use case today of SDRs. But I'd argue this is equally as important as it is for customer success and anyone else. If you are anybody that talks with a customer, everything we went through applies. Yep. Right? We, we just simply gave an example of an SDR. But if, if somebody talks with a buyer, with a prospect, with a customer, understanding all of those things and behaviors and attributes are key. Um, that's, that's what's going to shift it forwards. And as you know, give credit to Seth and Amy over at Forrester Research on this. When you think that the world of virtual selling, right, now accounts for 89% of all engagement with customers. And as we said at the beginning of this podcast, nearly two thirds of that is coming via voice. And yet it's really hard to get people to talk with us. Mm -hmm. You better be very focused on, once they're talking, active listening, open-ended questions, knowledge of industry, demonstration of problem, and the situational awareness of that buyer they're in. That's what we want people to do, not flog product. So what I'm hearing, and I think it's a good place to end, is the metric, because we started talking about metrics and we started talking about unit economics. Yes. Think about what the conversation ratio to meetings booked is. Start to think about the number of conversations your reps have. How many conversations do they need to have to book a meeting? Start measuring that number, that ratio. Because what you'll find out is it's definitely different from rep to rep. The good news is there's something you can do about it. So again, what is your lead to conversations, and then conversations to booked meetings. So thank you, Alistair. Really great conversation today. Thanks again, everybody. And please remember to like and subscribe and do keep the feedback coming into us uh, via LinkedIn, email, elsewhere. We do read those and it is tremendous for us. Uh, so thanks as always. And we will see you next week. Mm -hmm.